We're continuing our series on the one another passages, and we come to the book of Ephesians in chapter 4. And uh, Paul challenges us that in light of receiving Christ, in light of the fact that the Holy Spirit lives within us, he directs us to be patient with one another and bearing with one another's faults. And this is a critical thing in any relationship. And so I look forward to uh, diving into this topic. Hi, this is Eric Hurd, and my podcast is called Relationships by the Book. So why that title? Well, I lived 18 years of my life apart from God, apart from His Word. And my family was one of the most dysfunctional families to grow up in, and we didn't understand relationships. And when I came to know Christ, it absolutely transformed me from the inside out. And I began to understand God's wisdom because I dug into His Word and I saw how much He had to say about relationships. I've been a pastor now for over 45 years, and so this podcast is really an accumulation of the wisdom God's given me in relationships that I want to share with you. Welcome back. Hey, what's going on, Eric? Well, Michael, it's a good morning, and uh, it's fresh. I'm still looking at that portrait behind you of Lake Mead with this gentleness, with just a serene background. And But unfortunately, that's not how our lives are. Mm, I love that picture because I, I crave that. Yes, but we live in a fallen world, do we not? Yeah, so it's, it's typically rough water. Yes, it is. So we don't live with any naivete. And in all seriousness, I really look forward to this topic. And it's kind of interesting as I was thinking about it when I woke up this morning about this idea of being patient with one another and bearing with one another. I actually think more about how people approach me than how I approach others. Okay, how do you mean? I was hoping you would ask that question because I think we need to let our listeners know that we don't rehearse uh, this podcast. We don't have a structure, an outline. It's kind of a free flow. But uh, so thank you. I was hoping you would ask me. Well, you know, I was thinking about just who I am as a person. I'm a early morning person, high energy, get the job done, uh, in some ways perfectionistic. And, you know, I've always joked that, uh, that my wife deserves the biggest trophy because I am not easy to live with because of those things. I'm, I'm loud at times, maybe obnoxious, you know, I'm kind of let's go. And, and, uh, and, you know, she's a little bit more subdued, a little bit more work into the day. And so, you know, this concept of being patient and bearing with one another really becomes important in interpersonal relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. So you would you say Debbie gets a trophy for doing exactly that? That's it. That's <laughs> it. She's usually really good at it. Sometimes I think I drive her to the to the edge. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, it's it's a thing that actually, you know, as I think about it, um, you know, the people I most respect, Michael, and, and, and you're one of them, is that um, people that have long term friendships or relationships, I most admire because they have to have come to grips with this idea of patience and which is the idea of, of, of long suffering, of, of you know, uh, not judging and, and being careful not to ask people to be like you. And I look at you and you have these long-term friendships and you have to have worked through some of this because the friends you have, many of them are very different than you. Mm. You know, that's um, something I cherish in my life is long-term friendships. Yeah. And uh, something that I've found 
where you can really grow a friendship but also test it is traveling to, with one another. You know, you, yeah. if you get stuck in a hotel room with somebody for several nights or a house or what have you, a cabin, um, you really, you know, you, you learn about people's morning and bedtime habits and, you know, their eating, you know, preferences yeah. and all oh. this stuff where you really might run into some differences. And if you can survive those differences, you're probably going to be pretty good friends. And it's, I would say it's pretty rare for me to find someone that I can't put up with. I just, I have a high tolerance for people, but that's, I love to travel with people. So what would you have to say about those, like, you know, week long trips where you, you know, at the end of the trip, you might go, I can't wait to get away from this person, yeah. right? Because it's happens. a test. It's a test. Yes. And I, I think you, yeah, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing. Um, yeah. If you travel for a long time or you're with somebody on for a long time, it really does test the strength of the relationship. So like, uh, let me uh, give an illustration. There's a guy that um, he uh, likes to eat gluten-free food. Right. So man. That's becoming we, more common. Oh yeah. When we go to, you know, hey, let's go, let's go to lunch. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, pick a place. <laughs> but I, you know, one of the things that I realize he's just a health freak. He cares about what he eats, what he puts in his body. And frankly, his body can't stand gluten. So I have to be patient with him. Now for me, I pretty much eat anything that is visible. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just, I love eating, but I don't have this intolerance. I don't, you know, uh, maybe I should be more careful. I do like to eat uh, foods that fuel me. But in his case, he doesn't like to eat anything gluten. So even when he's ordering food, like I'll just go, uh, I'll take a burger. And and then <laughs> when he goes to order, his order takes like five minutes yeah. because he, now does that have gluten? Does that have gluten? I'm going, oh man. And I just got to relax. That's his choice. Mm -hmm. That is in essence what he's talking about is being patient bearing with each other. Why? Because we're uniquely made. We have unique uh, likes and dislikes. Mm -hmm. And so in order to be, to live in harmony, because that's the ultimate goal, to live in unity, to live in harmony, be at peace with each other. If you're not patient and if you can't bear with people, you don't have healthy relationships. Mm. But I, I wanted to hit something that's really important in this, and that is the foundation of this. Because I think that's the... Um, if you will, the inside uh, secret to really being patient and bearing with each other. And in verse 1, Paul says, Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, urge you to live, in, uh, to live worthy of the calling you have received with humility and gentleness. And so he kind of talks about the foundation. Look at the patience. Look at how Christ bared with us. I mean, for 18 years of my life, I lived apart from Christ. I lived in my own thoughts, in my own will, my own agenda. And so, you know, I look at my sins, and, and Christ was patient. He bore with me, consistently reaching out to me. And finally, there was the day I received him, yeah. and everything changed. And he says, in the same way I was patient toward you, in the same way I bore with your sin, your wrongdoing, your idiosyncrasies, I want you to turn and do that with, with each other. And he kind of, he gives, again, these two words that he also uses in Galatians 6 when we confront one another in love. He says, gentleness and humility. Now, how do I get to gentleness and humility? Mm. Gentleness is acceptance. I don't have an agenda. I'm not trying to change anybody. 
And, 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 and I've looked at the log in my own eye before I look at the speck in my brother's. I can be gentle. Why? Because I'm very aware, well aware of my own brokenness and my own sin. Mm. Humility is simply recognizing that. And I have this attitude of who am I? to insist that somebody be like me or live like me or have have the same values I have. And so gentleness and humility are critical to then being patient with with one another and and um uh and and bearing with one another. Okay, I got some questions in that cuz this this is a huge tension. If you really unravel this, I think it shows up everywhere in our lives. But uh we live in Southern California. It's a it's a, a fast-paced culture. Yes. Right? And we take on a lot of responsibility around here. In order to make a living, I've got to take on a lot of responsibility. It's the only way I can make enough to live here. Yeah. And so sometimes I find myself wrestling with my faith because I've got to trust God's grace to get me through a moment where I've got to be patient with someone. When I'm in maybe in the back of my mind, knowing I got to be somewhere or I got to I got to get something done and this person is using my time essentially and I'm trying to be patient and humble and gentle and humble and patient in a moment sometimes there's there's two sides to that right sometimes I got to yes. speak up and I got to let them know what's going on but then again who am I I can trust God can give me grace where if I could be patient with this person the other stuff will work itself out, right? There's, okay. there's, that's a huge thing to me. Okay, there, and and you you that's a million dollar issue here, yeah. Uh, because here's the thing: is your time is one of your most valuable commodities. Right. To be patient and to bear with another person does not mean you don't have uh, boundaries with that person, and uh, and so uh, I'll give you an idea. Um, usually, people uh, when it comes to a pastor and they're looking for wisdom or counsel or uh, whatever, um, they're not coming to tell you how good their lives are, right? <laughs> so, so one of the things is, in my kind of free flow of how I did ministry early on in my life, I just met with anybody who asked, and I was overwhelmed oh. until somebody pushed into me and said, "Eric, why are you meeting with all these people? What is your filter as to why you'll meet with somebody and why you wouldn't meet with somebody?" And I had never thought about that. That is a tough question to answer. What's your filter? Well, it, it, well yeah, exactly. But here's the thing is, now I, let, me, let me word the question a little differently. Uh, I'll say in my own mind, am I the person that they need to be meeting with? Mm. Because there's a lot of resources. And, you know, and so what I've become is, is, is uh, uh, if you will, more broad in my resources so that like somebody will say, hey, can I get a, some time with you? I said, well, tell me a little bit about what your need is. They'll tell me and I go, you know what? There's a counselor I think that would be excellent for you. Or have you thought about, and I'll give them the resource. And, and literally they'll go, hey, thank you. They think they need to meet with me, but I got to filter that. Mm. So being patient and bearing with one another is not to put away uh, the goals that you've set for your life, what God is calling you into, because ultimately I got to do what's most value producing for the kingdom. So there are people I don't meet with. There are people that I will resource. And so being patient and bearing isn't doesn't mean that you don't have boundaries. Yeah, occasionally people can be disappointed by that, right? Oh, sure. Okay. Oh, oh, here we go. Now, now here's the thing. 
if you're a people pleaser, you're going to have a hard time being patient and bearing with one another. Because, again, you're going to want to meet with everybody, you, you, and then your goal is just so everybody likes you. Yeah. Then you won't hold your boundaries, and frankly, frankly inside, you're going to be resentful. And so, so this is the thing of, of really living in truth. Yeah, I was going to say, honesty can be very challenging in this space, but yeah. also freeing. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's totally freeing for the person as well as you. Because, again, am I the person to meet with everybody? Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, uh, let's say um, you say to Crystal, uh, your wife, and say, hey, babe, um, I'm going to take so-and-so fishing, and, and, um, and I'll be back by, by 6. And you know she's been with the kids all day. She's going to be exhausted. She's making dinner. And your buddy goes, man, the fish are biting. Let's keep, you know, let's keep fishing. Well, does that mean, okay, I'm patient because he wants to keep fishing, and I'm going to bear with his desire to keep fishing, but I'm going to totally disregard my wife? No. So this is the thing of priorities, the things of values, convictions. So, so I don't think God's calling us to lay, lay those aside. I think what he's saying is, is that just recognize people are different and, and, and set guardrails or boundaries around that. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so like I have uh, different individuals that have a mental illness, uh, bipolar. And, and so what I've learned is, is how to engage that relationship and keep it healthy. Mm-hmm. Or I have somebody who, um, and, and I, again, this is my own disease, uh, they're talkers. And so like I have this one guy that when I call him, I don't do this with everybody. And he may recognize why I do it, but I'll say, hey, uh, by the way, um, I wanted to talk with you. You had called me. I want to return the call. I go, I've got 15 minutes. Now, why would I do that? You're, you're setting the expectation of I'm going to have to get off this call, right? Yeah, but I don't say to him, you know what? Would you not be so mouthy? <laughs> Would you not tell me so many stories? Because i got to get going. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I'm not judging him because, Michael, you know me. I'm a storyteller. I talk too much. <laughs> and so, so this is that thing of gentleness, humility. What I see in him is in me. And, and there's a guy that taught me you know, uh, something that was uh, really helpful when somebody, or when I call somebody, I'll say, hey, have I caught you at a, at a good time or a bad time? Yeah, I, that's one I like. Sometimes that just comes out of my mouth. I don't even realize I'm asking it anymore. I love doing that. That's just called being considerate. But again, going back to the basis of why I need to be patient with people, why I need to um, uh, bear with them, is, is that they're human. They have idiosyncrasies. Also, I may not know what they're going through in their lives. Like I, I had somebody that was pretty chippy with me. By that, what what I mean by that is is kind of uh, uh, irritable, irritable, mm-hmm. and and literally in my head as they were kind of coming off that way to me, I went, I wonder what they're going through, and it, it changed the whole way I was responding to them. Rather than going, hey, don't talk to me that way, mm-hmm. I went, hey, so sorry that happened. Hey, can I help you? In other words, I was much more willing to engage because I simply gave them grace. Like, like it's interesting in, in 1 Corinthians 13 on the, on the definition of love. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. So sometimes when somebody's irritable or demanding, 
How can I be patient and bear with them to recognize I myself have been in that situation and maybe I don't have the time, but I don't know their backstory. Why are they so irritable at this point? Why are they being so demanding at this point? I just give them grace. Mm -hmm. And by the way, a, a, a pastor friend of mine said something I've never forgotten, and you never err on the side of grace. What do you, you just give it. Ah. it it's, it's like, uh, it's like uh, I, I had a situation uh, the other day. I was at a gas station, and I got startled. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, pumping gas, and this guy comes from behind my car. He goes, hey, buddy. And it just <laughs> about went through my, the roof. And Well, anyway, he goes, hey, do you have any money? And I said, you know what I do? And I, I gave him a $10 bill. Now, is he going to go buy alcohol? Does he really need it? Is he a panhandler? Is he taking advantage of me? You know what? Does it matter? I gave him the $10, and you know what? And that's good enough. And it's the same thing when I show patience or I bear with somebody's idiosyncrasies. Maybe they're being irritable. They could be rude. Um, uh, driving on the road. Mm -hmm. You ever have somebody swerve into you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cut me off, of course. Absolutely. But do you know why? <laughs> they're, they're not thinking about me, that's for sure. That's for sure. But here's the thing is, to give them grace, to just go, you know, I've done that before. I sw sw uh, sweeped, <laughs> swerved <laughs> into, you know, another lane and somebody hits their horn. I'm, oh, startled. You know, maybe I was just not paying attention. I could oh, have yeah. been tired. I could have been distracted. There's a lot of reasons that somebody might swerve into your lane, right? Mm -hmm. But see, if I'm judgmental, if I don't bear with somebody, if I'm not patient, what's my reaction when somebody swerves into my lane? Yeah, well, we get we get to choose, right? We do, but but what's typically what do we oh, do? Yeah. Throw our hands up, right? Okay, hey. okay. This is what will. What an idiot! Right. You know, because I own this lane. <laughs> this is my lane. How dare you enter into my lane? Michael, I used to be a horrible driver, and I know what was at the root of it. I was judgmental. Mm. I didn't bear with people. I wasn't patient toward people because that was my lane. How dare they? Mm -hmm. That's a perfect metaphor for life, right? <gasps> it is. Get this... out of my lane. <laughs> but, you know, like when, when you're patient and you bear with people, do you know you, you, you just actually give a gift to yourself? Because what's what happens to you if you're not patient or you don't bear with other people's idiosyncrasies or wrongdoings? Right. What, what, what's your life like? I mean, my guess is that that leads to bitterness. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've seen these incidents in, in on YouTube. We've seen them on the news, you know, uh, captured by an iPhone of people that just lose it. Mm -hmm. and, and, and when you see them, you go, man, they're out of control. And I go... That was me, and I can just as easily do that with any given situation. Yeah, it's it's really funny, but it's also really sad. Uh, there's you know there's this whole thing going around over the last few years. You know, have you heard of the term Karen? She's a Karen, oh, yes. acting like a Karen. And uh, I mean, typically they make me hysterically laugh because they're you know people capture these moments where. You know, the person that's acting like a Karen is not, isn't showing any grace, and she's just making a fool of herself, right? It's typically a woman, but um, in the, because they call it a Karen. Yeah. Um, but that is, it's, there's a lot of truth behind this situation. What we're talking about is 
to be the one that's acting like a Karen or whatever. It's it's really we're just blind to what we're dealing with right there. And and how arrogant. Yeah. Think about the word arrogant. Yeah. Like somehow I'm better than or I've never done something like that. You know, uh, going back to the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Jesus was talking about, and I really think at the heart of it, it's the fact that uh, the image of God is is in every person, and every person, no matter what, deserves dignity. Okay, mm. and again, with boundaries. Like I, I, I am not saying like I had a guy on the phone and he just lit up and he used profanity, and I stopped him. And let's say his name is Paul, and I go, hey, Paul, right now you're just really agitated. I tell you what, can we just, you know, hang up when you're a little calmer? Can we talk? And and he said, yeah. And and so he, he called me back about 10, 15 minutes later, and we had a great conversation. But I, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to take abuse like he was using profanity at me. But on the other hand, I wasn't judgmental. I wasn't arrogant. And, and I know what it is to be upset or disappointed with somebody. So so anyway, yeah, to call somebody a Karen is literally to uh, uh, to take away the mm. image of God mm. because everybody bears the character traits of God yeah. to some degree or another. So that's why Jesus said, you've heard it was said you shall not commit murder. And I was, oh, check that one off. I haven't killed anybody. Mm. He said, but you, if you even call your brother Raka, which means empty-headed or fool, you know, in other words, idiot, you've committed the very act. Mm-hmm. You've stripped away their life. And I go, wow, do I in any way do that? So we have to be really careful how we talk about one another and uh, as if we're better than somebody else. And I... I wished I could say in my 48 years of walking with Jesus, oh, I've never judged anybody. I've never been <laughs> arrogant. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's a struggle daily. It is. I mean, look at look at what we used to do when uh, on the mission field, you know, as Americans. We would travel to another country, and we would act as if we were on the white horse, and we're coming into the village, and we're going to show them how to do church. We're going to show them how to grow crops. We're going to show them, and, and we're going to make their lives better. <laughs> you know, in Mexico, there are a myriad of what are called gringo projects, where, the, where Americans have gone down to work with the Mexicans, and, and, and we think, well, they need a swimming pool. I remember this church built a swimming pool for an orphanage thinking, oh, the kids will love this. Within six months, the, all the water was gone. And when I came down to see the orphanage and I, I, I looked and there was no water, and I talked to the people that oversaw the orphanage. They said, well, first of all, this, this group of orf- orphans and their, and their caretakers can't afford the electricity for the pump. They can't afford the chlorine. And uh, and frankly, there was dirt out, you know, all around, and so the pool just got filled up with mud. That's a gringo project. But w- what's my point in here? Arrogance, mm. the belief that we have a better way, we know better, and, and so to be, to bear, and to be patient with one another, you you can't have arrogance. Mm-hmm. It, it's the thing of me too. You know, now I might not be to the degree of somebody else in terms of insensitivity or, you know, using up time or whatever it may be, but whatever brokenness or weird trait is in somebody else is in me to some degree. Yeah. And how great is it when you're on the receiving end 
um, you know, I think about Crystal, and mm. it's so funny, but she was a top salesperson at Jack's Surf Shop, right? Yeah. Corona Del Mar, yeah. the the high-end, high-rent district where most of her sales were moms buying clothes for their children, right? Mm-hmm. And high-demand people for yes. the most part. And Crystal is not a salesperson like the quintessential, you know, close the deal salesperson, right? But she had this ability, she still has it, but she would, you know, really approach people with that gentle humility yep. and just try to help, right? Yep. What are you looking for? And I think for even for that uptight, wealthy person of Corona Del Mar that's in a hurry, when they encountered that, they go, oh, I am so happy to be here shopping with this person, Crystal, helping me. They just sl- slow down and end up buying everything in the store because it feels so good to be served in that way. And it's just, I like, I always thought that was so funny that Crystal was a top salesperson because she's just not, she doesn't push anything. No. You don't want anything in this store. I'll spend all day showing you everything. You don't have to buy a thing, right? She was just so good at that. And, um, it's just, it's this like oxymoron because I'm in sales, right. right? And we practice like, you know, hitting our targets and numbers and it, that's never the case for Crystal, but it works so well for her. And so I just think about the people on the receiving end, how they responded was they just let their guard down, right? Yes. And it's really cool. Yeah, because she could have easily, because, uh, you know, I've lived in this community for a long time and there are people that um, actually... Uh, some of the, some of the wealthy can easily think they've arrived, they deserve. Yeah, I'm a paying customer. Yeah, they have expectations that are are really unwarranted, right? And you know they they want to be first. Hey, they they'll throw down two thousand dollars. Hey, get these clothes in. I need it done in a half an hour. Yeah. You know, and they're used to ordering people around. But somebody with patience and that can bear, even if the person gets upset can simply say, hey, I'm sorry I didn't come through the way you wanted me to. Right. Knowing in their mind, there's no way I could have accomplished what you asked me to do. Yeah. And, and yeah. And, it, you know, what, what you described in Crystal is, is really, again, a metaphor for life. How do I approach people? Mm. I don't care if it's in a sales thing or it's just in a conversation or on the road. Am I gentle and humble? And I think when we see that in Christ... It's such a magnetic quality. I mean, I mean, what it what it would have been like? Because you know, we were talking about, you know, you're you're on a, a a trip with somebody and you're like there for a week or whatever. Think about what it must have been like for Jesus for three years to be with the same twelve guys. Mm-hmm. It had to be a test. But you never read of him losing his patience. Now he'll call things out. He'll speak the truth, you know, with Peter or, or whoever. And but he was gentle and he was humble and he was the Son of God. If there was anybody that could be arrogant, it would have been Jesus. Right. Because he knows everything and never makes a mistake. So so that has to be a reminder to me when I think I'm Mr. Smarty Pants and I know better. Mm-hmm. Really? Do I? No. No. So I love this thing of being patient and bearing with each other. And it really comes from a heart of realizing how patient and how much God bared with me and continues to. Now, can I then in turn deliver that to others? And when I do, I just live better. You know, I avoid that thing of arrogance and that I deserve better. I live better.
So I'm really glad that we had an opportunity to talk about this subject because it's not a small one. Mm. And, uh, and the world is looking for people that can be patient, mm. people that can bear with. Like, um, I, I want to go back to that thing of, of uh, in a world like we're in where there's so much, uh, you know, conflict uh, over politics and, you know, climate change and, and gender identity. And there's so many topics that can just evoke anger and, you know, strong feelings. Man, imagine if we approach conversations with patience and bearing with each other. It's a different world. Yeah, that's the that's the recipe right there for success in, oh. in relationship. Oh, absolutely, and uh, and so I'm glad we we talked about this area, and uh, and so um, you know next week I, I was thinking about you know um, this whole idea. Uh, it's it's a very similar one of the issue issue of acceptance. And it, it, there's a little different slant to it, but I want to I want to talk about that next week. But Michael, thanks for exploring this issue of being patient and bearing with each other. Yeah, lots of fun. I enjoyed the conversation. As always, reach out to us, relationshipbythebook at outlook.com, and we look forward to next time. All right. <laughs>